Cantos thirty six to forty one of Book Five of the Ramayana of Balmiki, translated by Ralph D. H. Griffith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Om One Two Three. Canto thirty six. Rama's ring. Receive, he cried, this precious ring, sure token from thy lord the king. The golden ring he wont to wear, see Rama's name engraven there. Then, as she took the ring, he showed, the tears that spring of rapture flowed. She seemed to touch the hand that sent the dearly valued ornament, and with her heart again at ease, replied in gentle words like these, O thou, whose soul no fears deter, wise brave and faithful messenger and hast thou dared over wave and foam to seek me in the giant's home in thee true messenger i find the noblest of thy woodland kind who couldst unmoved by terror brook on ravan king of fiends to look now may we commune here as friends for he whom royal rama sends must needs be one in danger tried, a valiant, wise, and faithful guide. Say, is it well with Rama still? Lives Lakshman yet untouched by ill? Then why should Rama's hand be slow to free his consort from her woe? Why spare to burn in search of me the land encircled by the sea? Can Varad send no army out? With banners, cause, and battle shout, cannot thy king Sugriva lend his legions to assist his friend? His hands upon his head he laid, and thus again his answer made. Not yet, as Rama learned where lies his lady of the lotus eyes, or he like Indra from the sky, to such his aid to thee would fly. Soon will he hear the tale, and then, ruse to revenge the lord of man, will to the giant's island lead, fierce myriads of the woodland breed, bridging his conquering way, and make the town a ruin for thy sake. Believe my words, sweet dame, I swear, by roots and fruit, my woodland fair, by Meru's peak and Bintar's chain, and munder of the milky mane. Soon shalt thou see thy lord, though now he waits upon Prashravan's brow. Come glorious as the breaking morn, like Indra on Airavad born. For thee he looks with longing eyes, the wood his scanty food supplies. For thee his brow is pale and worn, for thee are meat and wine forsworn. Thine image in his heart he keeps, For thee by night he wakes and weeps, Or if perchance his eyes he close, And win brief respite from his woes, Even then the name of Sita slips, In anguish from his murmuring lips. If lovely flowers of fruit he sees, Which women love upon the trees, To thee, to thee his fancy flies, and Sita, O oh my love, he cries. Canto thirty seven 
Sita's page. Thou bringest me, she cried again, a mingled draught of bliss and pain, bliss that he wears me in his heart, pain that he wakes and weeps apart. Oh, see how fate is king of all, now lifts us high, now bids us fall, and leads a captive bound with cord, the meanest slave, the proudest lord. Does even now fate's torn decree, has struck with grief my lord and me? Say, how shall Rama reach the shore of sorrow's waves that rise and roar? A shipwrecked sailor, well nigh drowned, in the wild sea that foams around. When will he smite the demon down, lay low in dust the giant's town? And glorious from his foe's defeat, his wife, his long-lost Sita, meet. Go, bid him speed to smite his foes, before the year shall reach its close. Ten months are fled, but two remain, then Ravan's captive must be slain. Oft has Bivishan, just and wise, besought him to restore the prize. But deaf is Ravan's senseless ear, his brother's reed he will not hear. Bivishan's daughter loves me well, from her I learnt the tale I tell. Of Binta, prudent, just, and old, the giant's fall has oft foretold, but fate impels him to despise his ward on whom he most relies. In drama's love I rest secure, for my fond heart is true and pure, and him, my noblest lord, I deem in valour, power, and might supreme. As from her eyes the waters ran, the banner chief again began. Yea, Rama, when he hears my tale, will with our hosts these walls assail, or I myself, O queen, this day, will bear thee from the fiend away, will lift thee up and take thee hence to him they refuse and defends, will take thee in my arms and flee to Rama far beyond the sea, will place thee on Prasravan hill, where Ragu's son is waiting still. How canst thou bear me hence? she cried. The way is long, the sea is wide. To bear my very weight it be, a task too hard for one like thee. Swift rose before her startled eyes, the banner in his native size, like Munder's hill or Meru's height, encircled with a blaze of light. O oh, come, he cried, thy fears dispel, nor doubt that I will bear thee well. Come in my strength and care confide, and sit in joy by Rama's side. Again she spake, I know thee now, brave, resolute, and strong art thou. In glory, like the Lord of Fire, with storm-swift feet, which not may tire. But yet with thee I may not fly, for borne so swiftly through the sky, mine eyes would soon grow faint and dim, my dizzy brain would reel and swim, my yielding arms relax their hold, and I in terror uncontrolled should fall into the raising sea, 
where hungry sharks would feed on me nor can i touch of free accord the limbs of any save my lord if by the giant forced away in his enfolding arms i lay not mine o banner was the blame what could i do a helpless dame go to my lord my message bear and bid him end my long despair Canto thirty eight Sita's Gem Again the banner chief replied, with a wise answer satisfied. Well hast thou said, thou canst not brave the rushing wind, the roaring wave. Thy woman's heart would sink with fear before the ocean shore were near, and for thy dread, lest limb of thine should for a while be touched by mine the modest fear is worthy one whose cherished lord is rago's son yet when i sought to bear the hands i spoke the words of innocence impelled to set the captive free by friendship for thy lord and thee but if with me thou wilt not try the passage of the windy sky give me a gem that i may show some token which thy lord may know again the metal lady spoke while tears and sobs her utterance broke the surest science of all science is this to tell the tale of vanished bliss does in my name to rama speak remember chitrakuta's peak and the green margin of the rill that flows beside that pleasant hill where thou and I together straight, delighting in the tangled shade. There on the grass I sat with thee, and laid my hand upon thy knee. There came a greedy crow, and pecked the meat I waited to protect, and heedless of the clouds I trill, about my head in circles flew, until by darling hunger pressed, he boldly pecked me on the breast. I ran to thee in rage and grief, and prayed for vengeance on the thief. Then Rama from his slumber rose, and smiled with pity at my woes. Upon my bleeding breast he saw the scratches made by beak and claw. He laid an arrow on his bow, and launched it at the shameless crow, that shaft with magic power endued. The bird, wherever he flew, pursued, till back to Ragu's son he fled, and bent at Rama's feet his head. Couldst thou for me with anger steered, launch that dire shaft upon a bird, and yet canst pardon him who stole the darling of thy heart and soul? Rise up, O bravest of the brave, and come in all thy might to save. Come with the thunders of thy bow, And smite to art the rakshas foe. She ceased, and from her glorious hair She took a gem that sparkled there, A token which her husband's eyes With eager love would recognize. His head the banner envoy bent, In low obeisance reverent, And on his finger bound the gem She loosened from her diadem. I omit two cantos of dialogue, 
Sita tells Hanuman again to convey her message to Rama and bid him hasten to rescue her. Hanuman replies as before that there is no one on earth equal to Rama, who will soon come and destroy Ravan. There is not a new idea in the two cantos. All is reiteration. Canto 41 The Reign of the Grove Dismissed with every honour due, the banner from the spot we drew. Then joyous thought the wind-god's son, the mighty tusk is well nigh done. The three expedients I must leave, the fort alone I achieve. These dwellers in the giant's isle, no arts of mine can reconcile. I cannot bribe, I cannot sow, dissension mid the rakshas foe. Arts, gifts, address, these fiends despise, but force shall yet their king chastise. Perchance he may relent when all the bravest of his chieftains fall. This lovely grove will I destroy, the cruel raven's pride and joy, the garden where he takes his ease, mid climbing plants and flowery trees, that lift their proud tops to the skies, dear to the tyrant as his eyes. Then will he ruse in wrath and lead his legions with the car and steed, and elephants in long array, and seek me thirsty for the fray. The rakshas legions will I meet, and all his bravest host defeat. Then glorious from the bloody plain, turn to my lord the king again. Then every lovely tree that bore fair blossoms from the soil he tore, Till each green bough that lent its shade, The singing birds on earth was laid. The wilderness he left a waste, The fountain shattered and defaced. Over tree and levelled with the ground, Each shady seat and pleasure mound, Each arbour clad with climbing bloom, Each grotto, cell and picture room, Each lawn by beast and bird enjoyed, each walk and terrace was destroyed. And all the place that was so fair Was left a ruin, wild and bare, As if the fury of the blast, Or raising fire, had over it passed. End of Cantos 36-41